Welcome back to One More and We All Go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'm Bethany. I'm Ryder. And I'm Anthony. And we've got a trifecta of guests today, Brad. Yeah, we've got one heck of a crew, guys. We're uh, coming to you live from a remote with our rodeo crew down here in Carson, Iowa. So we're going to go around and introduce each one of these individually and dig into their backstory, dig into their childhood, and get to know a little bit about each one of these professional rodeo athletes. A lot of tears, some laughter. And a few beers. Sounds like my wedding. Tears, beers, and laughter. (laughs) That's what that sounds like. There was a lot of tears. I cried. Happy tears. Yeah, that's what it was. Happy tears, not tears of complete fear. Uh, (laughs) You already had it locked down, man. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) So let's uh, let's start with uh, Anthony since uh, he jumped right in there with us. I'm sorry. So Anthony is a professional rodeo announcer. Yes, so Anthony, you're a professional rodeo announcer, and I've known you for just a couple of years. We met a handful of times, and from what you told well, me, we've only we're... met once, and then we've seen each other a handful of times. Right. So we we've, <laughs> we've been in the, we've been in the same room a couple of times. We have and been. I paid you to come hang out with us. You and did. So now you're here, <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. By the way, <laughs> and he's grateful for that. And is, so last I remember, we said, "Well, I enjoy roping, but I can get paid for announcing. Yeah. So I'm going to go on the road announcing." Yeah. Right. Yeah, I I grew up in rodeo. My dad was Tommy Lucia. He's a Hall of Famer and and professional rodeo, the National Cowboy Hall of Fame. And he was a had specialty acts. He had a dancing horse with a sway back um, that I'm pretty sure was here years and years ago. But then he also had a cowboy monkey named Whiplash, which a lot of folks know from the Taco John's commercials and National Finals Act of the Year, all that jazz. And so I grew up. If anybody um, ever sees me, hears me, or has seen some of the things that I've done in my career. I grew up with the monkey people. Stop judging me. Oh, yeah. That's okay. Whiplash's brother. Yes. Thank you. Right. There it is. There it is. I think we went, over that, we've been waiting on. we went over that last year on the radio. We did. We did. Yeah. I was, I'm literally a monkey's brother. Not an uncle. Um, but no, I grew up with a monkey and, and grew up traveling all around the country with my dad and just found a deep love for rodeo. And growing up with my dad helping him in the specialty act world, the only way that I could get any recognition was with a rope. So I started trick roping right. because my my dad's favorite son was Whiplash because he made far more money for him than I ever did. <laughs> um, and when my dad realized that I was going to be too big to ride a dog, I was like, how can I be a part of the act? And he said, well, you can't ride a dog, um, so you need to learn something else. So then I started trick roping. I still wasn't part of the act, but I started my own act, and uh, it took me to a lot of places and got to work a lot of pretty cool rodeos and go to the national finals a few times and... and uh, during that process of me trick roping, my dad always told me, he said, there's going to come a point where, and, and Ryder can speak to this, where specialty acts, he could see the evolution of rodeo, where specialty acts were a dying breed, yeah, to exactly. be completely honest. And, and he said, have you ever thought about rodeo announcing? Because I would, when we would do private events and different things like that, as a teenager, I would announce my dad's acts and we would put on 30 minute shows and I would trick rope and I would announce the acts and welcome everybody and do all these different things. And, and I said, dad, do you think I'd be a good announcer? He said, well, uh, you talk a lot. You love to talk. None of it makes any sense. And you're full of shit. So yeah, you would perfect. be great at announcing. And then there it was that lit the fire underneath me. And, uh, here I am 10 years later. Well, outstanding. That, uh, it sounds like a hell of a career, and I want to dive a lot more into it, but I want to get a few more introductions from the rest of our guests here. So we're going to skip over you. No, wait. Let's save the best for last. We'll do Bethany last. How about we do Ryder now? All right. All right, Ryder. So what's a little bit of your backstory? You're here at our rodeo with us. Uh, you're going to join us and give us your act. Let's go back to your childhood. How did you start out? How did you get into rodeo? I, I've got a little bit of the backstory from a little research, so why don't you shimmer your side? Yeah, well, I mean, I grew up. I'm fifth-generation horse trainer. Um, not all rodeo. My Grandpa, he was the first president of the Arab Horse Association. My uncle, he's one of the leading Arab horse trainers. He's sold horses over like $5 million a piece. Like, it's crazy. But, oh, my gosh. Uh, my dad, he did the Arab English, and then he always wanted to do rodeo. So he grew up. Uh, he went to reining and working cow horse and stuff, and he trained some rope horses, rode salbronc, bulls, team rope, kind of all of that. And um, my mom, she ran barrels and stuff, and – I, I grew up in rodeo, so I, I've been really blessed to, you know, I always team roped and wanted to do rodeo, but then my, uh, I got a trick roping kit for Christmas when I was nine years old, and I, I really liked it. We moved all the furniture back in the living room, and I started practicing. I got kind of good at it, and um, 
my brother, he trick rode and Roman rode like we did as kids. And my dad did Calvin Mountain Shoe, and we put on a family Wild West show. We actually performed at this rodeo way back in like 2005 or six or something. I can't remember what year. Yep. Um, and we did a family act until I was 18. When I turned 18, I got my own pro card and started rodeoing. But um, yeah, I started with just trick rope and kit. And, you know, I mean, like, but now, like, my brother, he actually won this rodeo in the Salbronc riding. He's gone to the Ram National Circuit Finals, um, Prairie Circuit Finals, like, eight times. And my dad, like, all of his rodeo and stuff, I think he's won a check in every event except the barrel racing, <laughs> he always says. And, um, I mean, he was a rodeo clown for years. And I, I've been pretty fortunate. I don't have the... The blue ribbon pedigree that Anthony does, like yes, I, he does. I, his dad and him, they've uh, they were the guys I was growing up watching. Anthony, he was trick roping at the NFR when I was still learning. So it's um, it's been a fun journey, still learning, and still coming up, uh, trying to spin a rope. Well, I want to jump right in the middle of your story there. What makes reigning horses worth so much damn money? Arabian horses, well, both of them, but Arabian horses, it's uh, just who wants to spend that kind of money, I, I guess. I mean, they're, they're bred really well. They're fancy, but I don't actually know why they It's the shape so of their head. It's the shape of their head. Because it's so tiny and perfectly. It's so pretty. Would you say, and, and I'm not. They're the ones in Mary Poppins. That's, I think they were Arabian cartoons in Mary Poppins. Have you ever seen Black Beauty or the, or oh, the yeah. Black Stallion movies? Yeah. My favorite the books as kids. Like, yeah, the nose yeah. and the way that they carry themselves arabians are kind of cool looking oh, i would never ride ones. one because i would get made fun of and voted out of the cowboy world yeah. but I actually, they are cool my first year like uh i didn't have enough rodeos actually it was the year i went to the nfr with you yeah. i uh i didn't have enough rodeos to really make a living <laughs> <laughs> so i was uh i was going around and i trained horses for my uncle for a month i went out there trained Arabs and of course he didn't let me on the five million dollar horse I rode one once it was five million dollars I've never been so scared to ride a horse he's like this horse is worth five million dollars don't fuck it up Pretty like and that's what he said like I was like okay so like I'm, I mean I was so tense but like I rode the Colts like I was the first 30 days on these Holy horses cow. and those little Arabs like they are yeah. squirrely like I mean they move fast they'll be looking north and they're facing south next second <laughs> And I, I, man, it, am I groin? Like you would like, they would jump and you were still facing one direction. Like yeah. it, it hurt. I got bucked off more times in that month than I, I think I did in 18 years growing up. So I'm guessing you don't have any Arabians on the road no. with you. No, <laughs> <laughs> just her trick courses, which are crazy enough. <laughs> no, they're actually really good. All right. All right. So we're going to move along. So Bethany, so share with us a little bit of your backstory. You're a, widely renowned trick writer show us what you got or tell us what you got yeah so um unlike anthony and Ryder, i wasn't born into a horse or rodeo family um my mom was terrified of horses i think she rode once when she was younger got bucked off so she had deemed them not safe but uh when i was nine years old a riding stable opened up in my hometown and her being the good mom she was thought me and my sisters my twin and little sister might like to go and take some riding lessons uh, she thought we'd take a few lessons and that would be that, but we went and took a few lessons and owned three head of horses within three months of uh, starting to ride. And I was at that stable and we were having a big trail riding weekend and there was a lady there about to get married celebrating her um, her last weekend of freedom, I guess you'd call it, and <laughs> put on a little trick riding show. And uh, my, my twin and I thought it was the coolest thing we ever seen and started standing up on our horses and <laughs> tying ourselves to the saddles and doing lots of unsafe practices so my mom got that same trick rider we seen to come back and give us some lessons. She lived about 45 minutes from us. She used to trick ride at the uh, the Dixie Stampede in Branson, Missouri. Yeah. So she lived right there in uh, in Missouri and gave us some lessons. And my mom had to learn how to haul a truck and trailer and how to own a bunch of horses and get uh, her and her three little daughters all across the Midwest so we could do some shows. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was fun to do a family act for a while, but I, I was really in love with it. And. My mom and stepdad used to say, you know, oh, you know, you can't rodeo forever. You can't trick ride. You're not going to make a living trick riding. So you really need to go to Joke's college. On and them. 
It is now. They used to say, well, you know, honey, someday you're going to meet a guy and you won't want to trick her out anymore. You'll want to be home with them. Well, joke's on them because I found the one guy that likes to rodeo more than I do. <laughs> and he needs you to trick ride. And he likes that I trick ride. Yes, it works for him. So. so nine years old is like the worst time to get a little girl into horse riding because yeah. that's the, the age where they're going to absolutely fall in love with horses. Yeah, and we did. We did. Me, like I said, me and my sisters, gosh, we... uh. We were riding all day, every day. We were homeschooled, so pretty quickly it would be we'd get our homework done as fast as we could and be out on horses for six, seven, eight hours a, a day. I don't even work for six, seven hours a day. <laughs> well, and that's the best thing about being a kid, man. It doesn't feel like work. You know, you're out riding. We'd ride. We'd trick ride all day, and it didn't feel like work. Any any close calls? Oh, I have wrecks all the time. Um, I've been I've been very blessed. I've never had any bad wrecks, but um, my twin, actually the reason I go with Ryder now, my, my twin and I, when we turned 18, we were working towards getting our pro cards and kind of breaking off from, you know, mom and dad and doing, you know, we were going to rodeo alone. And my sister was training horses at the time to make some extra money. And then one summer she broke her neck and then she broke her back in two separate incidences Whoa. on horses, which ended her regretting career. That's, yeah, okay. Yeah, That's five, insane. Yeah, it was bad. And it then you bad. went with Ryder, who's also very accident prone. He is. It's, I got to keep him safe, man. <laughs> what it, I'm thinking, is it you? It might is, be me. <laughs> I just keep him off the horses. Eliminating the competition. <laughs> <laughs> One act at a time. Tanya Harding. She got a little more attention than I did. <laughs> uh, a little bit more brutal than she is. Uh, as well, in the neck and the back. Ouch. It was bad. And she's she's great now. She actually shoes horses for a living and still rides. Um, it just She got a little more timid on horses for a while, and it was just a rough time to... So she just stays right side up on them now? Yes. That's yeah. That's probably the... So that's her attempt now. <laughs> the, the way to do it. So you, you said you're from Missouri. Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up around Kansas City, and then when I was 15, we moved down to the Ozarks. What was the transition from having that dream as a little girl to be a trick rider to, to working toward it to, to the point where now you're you're on the road uh, 20 weeks a year or however long? Gosh, 20. Yeah. 20 weeks a year, That's that would be a dream. <laughs> We've got to go 40 weeks, 50 you're, weeks. You're talking to a guy who has a winter, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, you know, it was lots of hard work. It was funny. Like I said, I trick her with my sisters, and they were naturally talented. They could get on and do things just quickly, easily. Me, it was so hard. Everything I've done is taken work. And um, at the point when I realized I wanted to make a career out of this, I would. I was working a job. I was working towards buying a better trick saddle. So I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, saddle a horse. I'd practice for a little while, go to the gym and work out. Then I'd come home, get ready, go to work, come home, finish up my schoolwork, maybe work some more horses and repeat that for about a year or two. I did that uh, to get good enough, work towards getting my pro card and um, – just collecting the horses. It takes a really good horse and work towards buying horses that would work for what I want to do and the tack and all that. And uh, got my pro card and thankfully met Ryder and we've made a career out of it. No matter what you're doing at three o'clock in the morning, you are dedicated. Yeah. yeah. If you're doing anything at three o'clock in the morning, you're dedicated. Got yeah. It. And I'll say this, Bethany also, and I don't know if she'll talk about it, but she also competes in fitness competitions mm -hmm. along with her mom. So yeah. bit uh, Beth is like, when you say, when you see a person that locks in on something and is going to accomplishment at all cost, that's her. And I also want to toot their horns just one more time. But in 2020, one of the toughest years in professional rodeo or for anybody, actually, we all dealt with something in our own certain ways, but, um, they would be at the end of that season would be crowned the entertainers of the year in the entire world of professional rodeo. So for me, to, I didn't even know your background for me to hear that. And to know, like, to join forces with Ryder, who I have known for a long time, and then for them to win that that award as a team, that's that's so cool. Yeah, it meant a lot. Yeah, thank you for that. It meant a lot. I mean, I remember that night we, um, you know, we won this buckle and we celebrated with friends. And honestly, on the drive back to the hotel, I bawled like a baby just because there was times I didn't think I'd make it in pro rodeo. There was times, like I said, I wasn't from a horse family, so figuring out different things and um i always felt so behind just you know i shoot half the time my horse would be in the wrong lead and i didn't even know it you know just like weird things like that so i bawled like a baby like man i finally made it this dream i've had since i was you know you know nine i wanted to trick ride but about 15 years old i knew i wanted to make a career out of it and at that point i'm like it was so cool to win that buckle and win it with Ryder. I know how hard he's worked at it. So that was a pretty cool night to be recognized as the top act that year. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Thank you. That is exciting. 
All right. They're going to want more money now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryder and, and I went over there last night. He said, hey, did you see his lights? Because so he's got a lot of fire axe and light axe that he can do in the dark. We did these LED lights. So we can turn them on and off. We don't have to wait for the lights to heat up and cool down. Exactly. Love Bad it. news is we don't have money to pay him. Right. <laughs> exactly. so the light, the action would be really cool, but we can't pay you for it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got that going. So but, one, one more beer and I'll do it for free. <laughs> yeah, one more beer, we'll do it for free. <laughs> you're so, not. Don't lie. You're not drinking beer. You're but, drinking margaritas. Dude, I could be a man. I have the microphone. <laughs> Nobody's here. I'm drinking a Bush Light Gold. I'm drinking straight tequila. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> okay. So, the fact that he just said it was yummy should let all the listeners know a little so, bit about Ryder Kisner. But So, Ryder, give us a little bit of your backstory, some of your accolades. I know you've got a ton of accomplishments. I mean, heck, they're on the side of your damn truck. But let's let's <laughs> let's put them out here for people. He's the bravest man in the world of rodeo to have his picture on the side of his truck. Well, if I would do that, people, I would I would be dead. But that's job security where she can't leave you because her name's on your truck. Or you're, I, maybe it's both your trucks. I don't know, but you guys got the name on there, so you got to stay together. Yeah, that no, that truck, that was a, that was the idea I wanted for uh, a while ago. I wanted something that uh, basically so my white pants wouldn't get dirty anymore. Like, <laughs> That's right, folks. He wears white pants and drinks margaritas, and has a beautiful girlfriend named Bethany. Hey, some guys drink it in. Life. I'm good. <laughs> I uh, I just wanted lights um, where trick rope is hard to see. Sometimes you can't see it, and so yeah. that truck was something where I could have four lights on me, and uh, that was a complaint I got a lot was you just couldn't see a trick rope or a gun or a whip. And, um, yeah, it was it was the idea I had. I was trick roping in the, at the house one day. I, I might have had one or two drinks in me. And I was just margaritas. Margaritas. They were yummy. They were yummy. And uh, <laughs> it was a Zima. <laughs> Zimas. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Back in the day, baby. Let's go. 2009. Yeah. Zimas and camel crushes in the yeah. post office parking lot. I dropped a Jolly Rancher in my Zima. <laughs> you were wild. Oh man. <laughs> He's gonna put go the ahead. microphone down. Where's Nick Cow so we can Ryder, make fun I'm of him? Listening. Let's, yeah. Hey, let's mean you just have a visit. Listen, don't no. listen to these guys. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to us. But that was like the next day I woke up and I, I went and bought a brand new truck. Like I saw that truck, I was like, I bet I could put a stage over that. So I went and bought a brand new truck the next day. That was a month before um NFR, like maybe like twenty days. And uh, and that world's toughest booked like right after that January first. So in two months, I went from nothing to building that whole stage in the truck. We worked Christmas Day, Christmas Eve. Uh, well, like, so people don't know they're not day. looking at your truck. Explain. He's got a big dually Dodge pickup. Explain <laughs> what your stage is on your truck. I got a wrap, and then I basically had it fabricated where there's a stage that goes all the way across my truck. And I've had a couple different almost prototypes of it. I've had pyro shooting off of it. I've had I, I actually took um, pool like foam noodles, whatever. I drilled holes in it. I got like a thousand dollar fog machine and. It ran it through where it looked like it was fogging out the bottom. And, um, I mean, there's been a lot of different types of this truck that have happened. But that first one, it took me about two months to make. Well, and I, and I want to add to this. One of the reasons my dad encouraged me to get into announcing was because he said there's only so much you can do trick roping. Yeah. Where in big outdoor arenas and it's not going to fit. Indoors, it's awesome. You got lights. You can spotlight. Uh, but that's one of the things that I've always admired about you and and this, I'm not going to make this a rider love fest because I really don't like you. It's okay. um, but no, <laughs> but no, but in all seriousness, that's one of the things that has kept you relevant and thriving is your constant desire to make things bigger, better. Because back in the day, and you and I both know, if anybody's ever seen a rodeo and John Payne, the one armed bandit, one of the reasons his act has been so successful is because oh, it's, it's big. big. It's big. Yeah. I mean, it's, they pull a truck and a trailer out. They've got horses and everything like that well now you have made your truck big your stage big and the lights and everything like that and then you add bethany you're filling the entire arena and i think that's awesome that was actually the main goal behind it was like i wanted more where and you look at the greatest acts of all time i mean 
Tomas, Bobby. Mm-hmm. I mean, even your yeah. dad. I mean, he had a yep. truck over there, yep. pen over here, um, dogs. I mean, there was a lot going on, and I think that's been a big deal. It's tricker open. I mean, you and I, we'd bring yeah. two pieces of plywood, yeah. and that's where we were. And like, I mean, you did a good job. I mean, the black lights were insanely awesome. Yeah, but, but I was limited to indoors. Twenty five percent of the road. Exactly. And yeah, maybe. I mean, me, I try to wear white. I, actually, Monty Montana Jr., the, you, nobody's going to know this except me and Anthony, which is whatever. But, like, Monty Montana Jr. saw me at one of the last rodeos he ever went to. You're welcome. Nice. That doesn't make you thirsty. I, I don't know what will. Montana Jr.? Monty Montana Jr. Did you say yeah. Mighty Montana? I couldn't tell. He's Holy cow. <laughs> I would say Hannah Montana's older uh, brother. No, no. Monty Montana Sr. performed for Ronald Reagan. He was. He roped he was, with Ronald Reagan. Yeah, he roped with Ronald Reagan. He was in, in our world of Western. He was literally like a, a real-life Roy Rogers, Gene Autry, like he was that guy. Monty Montana was, he was a showman. He would have these amazing silver saddles, these beautiful horses, and he could trick rope with the absolute best of them. And so just to put into context who Monty Montana Sr. is, but then his son, Monty Montana Jr., go ahead. Yeah, and, and like, I used to wear all black. Like, I thought that was, like, sharp, Johnny Cash. Like, I wanted to look good. I had to wear black because it was slimming because <laughs> I'm a little chubby. <laughs> no, <you're not. laughs> well, what happened lime green? The, oh, the yeah, I did pants. wear lime green plants, who, which were not flattering at all. Uh, it was cool, though. They you were. could see. Uh, <laughs> well, white pants, that's not. It's, it's But only you, only you and, and 70% of the females in the country can wear white pants pants and make them look good, Ryder. Good. good job, That's buddy. why I do squats every day. There you go, that a boy. I mean, for those that don't know, when Ryder's in character, when you see him in Vegas and he's working, he is in 100% character. He is Absolutely. pulling off, rocking the old school Western. Yeah. I mean, how many fringe outfits do you have in your rig right now? I, I lost track. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> but they're no, expensive. That's the thing is you keep that type of because back and in the day he pulls it off. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he pulls it off as soon as he's done. And Bethany, anyways. Uh, but no. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> these bush lights are tasty. <laughs> but no, that's the one thing. I, and again, I'm not making this Ryder love fest, but Ryder does. He's been able to. One thing I could never do whenever I was trick roping is I went straight rock and roll, lime green pants, light up rope, like blue, black light ropes, like pyro, rock and roll music. It was like fast. It was a five minute act to just balls to the wall. Gene High Simmons. Energy. go, kiss. Yeah, it was, just it was cracking, rock and roll just with a rope. with your tongue out. And, ah, but, I mean, literally a lot of hip thrusting. <laughs> yeah. um, there it was, was a lot of trick ropers and there was a lot that didn't go fast. Like I would say he was probably one of the very first. I yeah. can't think of somebody that before you. Vince, Vince went fast, but it, he didn't go. But your not. Speed. But like I went, like I was never a great trick roper. I was more of a an entertainer. So there's yeah. a lot of movements and you know body movements and smiles and literally hip thrust. You know, as I'm going around my body to the beat of the music and and things like that. But Ryder's been able to incorporate that old school feel that we all love as as cowboys that we grew up with, but also evolving it to where it's appealing to the generation of rodeo fan that we have now. And it sounds amazing. And I gotta I, I don't wanna discourage you too because what what's happening right now is amazing. We're but this might be the roping? best episode we've ever done and we're not talking, Brad. Yeah, we're having a rope off here before too long. We've got a world championship. <laughs> I'm not roping him off. He I'm I'm an announcer now for a reason. Yeah. Uh, no. Pull your rope out. Let's Okay, <laughs> let's go easy, Frank. Lay off the white cloth. These are tasty. These are tasty. <laughs> I've never drank bush light out of a green John Deere can. I've never felt uh, you're an Iowa. more Iowegian than I am right now. Yep. We should go plant some corn. <laughs> Let's jump in the, the big tractor that's got a thing on it and go do some farm stuff. Uh, that's a Rodney Carrington bit. There's corn where there shouldn't be. That's <laughs> because you know, we're drinking and farming and farming and drinking. <laughs> that's the thing I love about farmers, no matter if you're in North Dakota Iowa, wherever, if they're farming, they're drinking beer. Well, now, hold on. I, I'm a farmer. Okay. Uh, for those that don't know, but uh, I don't drink and farm. Mm. I drink when I'm done farming. Okay. But not during the farming. Oh, that's good to know. No. See, I thought I thought you guys just drove tractors and drank beer all day. Well. And I'm uh, not saying that in a derogatory way either. Please do not take that in that no, way. It's an envy. I want that job. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's these are the coolest a, guys in the world. Job. They're not only feeding America, well, but they are. 
drinking beer while they're feeding America. That is America. All those new machines over there have a built-in refrigerator. (laughs) You bet. For water and soda and Capri Suns and Gatorades. Hell, we got a beer named after us. This doesn't say for the cowboys. It says for the farmers. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, there's no... Don't touch my bush light. I think if you grabbed a Coors Light, it might say for the Cowboys. Well, go or gold buckle beer. Oh, gold buckle. Which is go for the gold. Go yes. for the gold buckle. I'm I'm more of a grain belt guy. Okay, belt. is that a, tell me that's an IPA? That's got to be. You no, seem that, like an IPA guy. That's a that's a like a, you drink real snooty beer. No, grain belt is like a heavy like. Minnesota. I could see you going, mm, this doesn't taste good enough. I want mm. something with more hops in it. This is oaky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I'm not saying that in a derogatory no, way, not, Frank. Not either. You just seem but very dignified. I need something more tasty. Yeah. Fuller. I would like a black beer that tastes like diesel fuel. I, well, I, you know, I don't like, uh, I went to a restaurant with my wife once, a brewery, and it was, you can order like a flight yeah. of beer. And they bring out these little, I don't know, six ounce glasses with, you know, six different kinds of beer in them. And we're, t- we're tasting them like, oh, this is gross. This is gross. And my wife takes a drink, and she says, this one tastes like someone is licking uh, paint or uh, oh, what was it? a bug spray off of an old oak porch. And that's exactly what it tasted like. Like an old old wooden porch? Yeah, but you're licking bug spray off of it. Was oh, that right up down here? Bug spray. No, that wasn't. We had a brewery in town for a little bit that <laughs> wasn't... I think well, I know why they're great. not around anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you go to the bar in town, they're like, would you like a bush light or a bush light? <laughs> bush light heavy? <laughs> <laughs> bush light. It's just two bush lights. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they put some milk in it they just to be safe. They duct tape two bush lights together, <laughs> and that's the heavy. <laughs> so, all right, all right. So this is an open question, all three of you, because you all live life on the road. You guys are on the road, what, 300 days a year? Ugh, yeah, that, it seems is that like it. Close yeah. for it. You guys probably, are really serious yeah. in this business, all three of you. How many days are in a year? 352? I, I'm doing math and it's not adding up. 300, why did I say 352? Oh, there's 52 we're weeks. Homeschooled. <laughs> Ryder. How many beers have you two had? This is my second ish. Not a hard so, question. That wasn't it's the a question. very hard question. question. One, we make our living in rodeo. Two, very homeschooled. And when I say we're not normal homeschool kid, we are very homeschooled. I can tell. <laughs> Anthony grew up with a monkey. Half the lesson. Okay, Frank. Let's talk about licking bug spray off of a front porch, Frank. Next time we want to talk about hoppy beer, we'll bring you in. All right, all right. I can. I mean, I'm the only one in headphones, so. Okay. DJ Scribble over here. (laughs) Dribble. DJ Dribble. DJ Dribble. See if your wife wants in too. No. <laughs> my, my my wife is just oh she's on the margaritas too this is gonna be a good night <laughs> and Ryder's fist bumping her yeah because it's, it's yummy yummy he's like listen lady don't drink all my drinks <laughs> no so we are we yes we are on the road okay. a lot of year a yeah, lot of let's the get year this train back on the rails so you guys are on the road that much a year what what's the one thing you guys each individual we're gonna go around the table I'm gonna start with Bethany because ladies first. Uh, what's one thing you miss back home that, hey, I wish I was home more for this. I, I miss this. I miss doing that at home with the family, with my dog, whatever. Of course, you got your dog with you, but go ahead. Yeah, oh, just the family. You know, I had a, a new little niece. She's seven months old, and gosh, I miss seeing her grow up. I've seen her only twice since she was been born, and I wish I was home to play with her and watch her grow up and, you know, hang out with her mama. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can see that. I mean, everybody loves little kids to visit. To visit them. Oh, I yes. totally have baby fever in an ant way. You know, Uh-oh. play with her. No, in an ant way. Uh, no, hey, earlier. Somebody's getting pregnant no, tonight. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, earlier, and I'm going to call you on this oh, because no. that's wrong. Earlier we were watching, I was standing there talking to Ryder and Bethany, and there were some little kids, and she's like, see, Ryder, if our, if those were, when we have kids, they're going to be doing that the same way or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> saying, What? <laughs> And Ryder was like, what? Wait, what's happening? He's over there trying to peel that wrap off his truck. What the hell are <laughs> no, you talking about? No, he just pounded a margarita and was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't the only tasty thing. Sign me here. up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, Ryder, what's one thing you missed back home? I mean, I, I mean, that's really the main one is family and friends. I guess that's a big one. Um, comical, probably indoor plumbing. That's something... That you know, oh, like yeah. you don't have like a shower that has endless hot water and yep. stuff. I mean, we live out of a horse trailer. Uh, you know, I can walk from 
bedroom to the end of the our living room, our house, our bathroom in like three steps. It gets kind of tight, but I mean, right. other than that, you, we're living the American dream, so I can't really complain too much about it. Well, good for you guys. Good for you guys. Anthony, moving on. All right, let's just move on. Bethany, back to you. Go ahead, Anthony. <laughs> uh, anyways. No, what what uh, do you miss back home? You're on the road equally amount. So weeks a year, I'm not just I'm not just saying this because she just walked up and is sitting behind me, but my wife doesn't get to go with me a lot because we have a lot of horses at home and she's got her own businesses and things that she's doing and barrel racing and all that. And so she doesn't get to go with me a lot. So that would be the thing that I miss the most is just right. spending the, so many people with nine to fives, they think we live this glorious lifestyle and it's amazing. And I won't take anything away from that, but I will always say this to those people. I said, but you get to see your wife or your husband every day or your kids or your dogs or your horses every day. You come home and you get to see them every day. And that's something that people with a normal job, and I do air quotations. Yeah, it's not a normal job. They, you they take for granted where us, it's like I'll go weeks without getting to see my wife. And like that sucks. And so that would be the thing for me. And one day, hopefully, you know, God's going to work it out where she can go with me more if my lifestyle changes or I can pick and choose a little bit more and be home more and do more. But I'm going to be honest, when I'm home, I don't make a dollar. Right. And so it's one of those things where people are like, oh, you're gone all the time. Well, if I'm not gone, I'm not making any money. The lights and, get dim. Yeah. And the banker <laughs> does not care how badly I want to be home and swim in my pool and see my wife because they care about making, you know, that all my payments are made. Yeah. You can't uh, announce rodeos through Zoom. You cannot. I've I tried it in 2020 and it's horrible. It's so, uh, not the same feeling. I don't know what happened. There was a lag. What <laughs> exactly? It looks like he was making a really great ride. I'm pretty sure he survived that. Right? <laughs> he should be fine. But no, fine. that that's the thing that I miss the most. But like the thing that I, is so great is when you are on the road, you're either traveling, and then when you get to a place, you're working because that's what we do. And but it's moments like this where we can sit back, relax, and again come into a family style atmosphere, be around folks that that uh, that we are like minded, that we like, and and the family that like Ryder. And I'll say this: like I call you little brother because <laughs> for twelve, fifteen years I've known you guys, and it's like when you get to finally get to a place where your friends and your family are at rodeo family are there. It makes it special, so it helps. It helps everything, you know. Be just sweetens the deal that much more. Does it ever get to the point where you're like, I don't know where I am. Yep. But I know I, what I'm doing. Yes, I literally have to look. This week already has been a, a nuts week, but I literally have to look at my calendar and go, okay, where am I headed in two weeks? Like, do I have my plane tickets bought? Is my rental car paid for? Do I, you know, different things like that? Like, because, I mean. I don't know how many weeks has been in this year already, but I've been home three weekends. And I mean, it's just been, it's amazing because, and Ryder, you can speak to this and Bethany the same way. After 2020, we will never complain about being gone because oh, yeah. the rug was pulled out from underneath us for That's live amazing. events. Well, yeah. so 2020 was the first time I met you at the south end of this arena. Yeah. And uh, we said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about doing our rodeo yeah. a little bit. I was here roping. You were here it working. It went you're like, horrible. There's no, ro <laughs> there's no rodeos to announce. I better go roping. Yeah, exactly. But we had 450 contestants. Oh, it was awesome. Average 220. But, I mean, we had the best talent from all around the world. Yeah. And Anthony was here, too. Exactly. <laughs> no, you nailed it. Yeah, no, that was spot on. I did horrible. I thought it was so funny. When all my rodeos got canceled, I'm like, I, I just bought a horse, and I told Lisa, I was like, this is part of God's plan, man. I'm supposed to go rope. I'm supposed to go. I'm going to rodeo. I'm going to make the NFR. Like, I'm going to go on the greatest. I had too much left in the season. I'm like, I'm going to do it because that's how my brain works. Like, if, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to be the greatest at it. Little did I know. Yeah. I would proceed to go rodeo and not win a dime really? i didn't win a dime it was horrible i turned one of the greatest years of my life at, at sydney the slack we drove after we roped here i missed right. a good one drove all drove all night we drove however far does sydney it's 37 that. minutes okay well it felt like it it felt like hours um slept for two hours got up and roped in the slack turned one of the greatest years of my life my partner's horse never saw the corner and, and he it was horrible and i was just like yep i'm gonna go ahead and go home and uh Get ready for some announcing jobs because team rope. Okay, exactly. No, he he's bragging enough on me like all night. So I'm gonna say this on him is that George Strait team roping. I mean, what what the year that you qualified twice to the short go? They only take top fifty back out of seven hundred teams. Seven hundred. 
700, yeah. not 700, like you can enter that rodeo three times or that rope in three times with the best guys in the world. Speed William, Jake Barnes, all those guys. He'll go out there and he qualified top 50 twice in the same year. Back to the short round. Like he yeah, was in, I had a really good horse then. Yeah, well, you still got to throw the rope. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, I trick rope good. He can trick rope good. He can rope good. He can announce good. He can. He's handier than a Swiss Army knife. I, I don't rope anything, but trick roping has to correlate some to roping, doesn't it, guys? I it mean, does. Because your rope control and knowing your timing yeah. and everything. And, and Ryder can handle rope, and he can rope anything. If you ever get the chance to watch Ryder, like he's sponsored by Fastback Ropes, and sometimes they'll post videos of him just playing around. Like during COVID, uh, I started this deal on, on social media. It was like, Oh, best trick, yeah, yeah, big shots or best trick or something where I was in my shop and we were roping the smarty and, and I was doing some tricks and roping the dummy and and uh, and then Ryder comes back and just does all this amazing gnarly stuff. But if you can handle a rope, and again, we're both, we have training in our backgrounds. My dad was a great animal trainer, his dad obviously, and his whole family. And so it's like you combine trick roping and knowing how to be a horseman and you can do some stuff. Team roping has been, I mean, I, I joke that I'm, not, I'm not cut out to be a rodeo team roper, and you could though. I don't know if I could. I tried it, man, and I I wasn't good enough. I went for an entire two weeks, and yeah. <laughs> and, and then weeks. I just I was like, yeah, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> it's ten hours, man. Okay, maybe the driving <laughs> from my Every home. <laughs> I hate driving. I so, hate it too. I fly everywhere except for this one. And I wish I was an announcer. That sounds yeah. amazing. <laughs> I <laughs> love American Airlines. You're big rigs all around, uh, right? Yeah, no, but I got three ask. horses. Yeah, I can't do that. So yeah. on on the uh, the topic, uh, Anthony, of just not doing well at something. In in <laughs> no, you're a great announcer. Don't let me discount because I have enjoyed. Thank you. Yeah. Well. But here's what I want to. That's a backhanded compliment. I felt like it was. Well, no, go uh, ahead. You're good. Uh, that sure doesn't make you look fat. So, uh, <laughs> so here's the, here's my question. You guys have question. giant bugs in Iowa. We Something do. just hit me in the side of the head. Yeah, here's here's some bug spray. We're good. We're sponsored by Cutter since Skin Sations Aloe with Vitamin E. Uh, sir, Skin Sations. Holy cow, that's what it's called. So here's my question uh, for you, Anthony: Is have you ever been somewhere announcing and just? All of a sudden, you're like, "This is not going well." No, I've not I because knew, that's I knew not that was my... going to be answered because you're fucking so good. No, that's not my job. My job is is and my brother Tommy Joe, who's a great. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, we're laughing because Brad just put Brad spray just, on that with spray paint. Just put spray paint that he thought was bug spray. Oh, it's oh, brute. brute. Oh, he likes to attract the bugs. Yeah. And the, never mind, the lot lizards. <laughs> um, that's what Brute does. Um, but no. Um, hey, can I get a ride? My job, <laughs> my job as an announcer is no matter what's happening in the arena is to make it uh, a great experience for the fans. And so there's been times where I've not done as well as I'd wanted and I let, I missed some pitches and I you know, missed opportunities of selling something or creating a moment that I'll get down on myself for, but there's never been a time announcing where I've just been like, I don't like this ever. Like I can't, there's just, I, I love my job. I, I sincerely love it. See, I'm the same way with my job. And I guarantee if, if there's uh, something that you miss or there's something that you're like, God damn it. I yeah. should have said that. You're the only person in the world who notices yep. for and the most part. And it's yeah. the same with my job where I'm like, ah, yeah. damn it, moments passed. Yeah. So, so I get that. Uh, I get that completely. Well, and we were talking earlier um, with Marla Moorhead of Three Hills Rodeo Company, and she said, "Why do you like golf so much?" I said, "Because one, golf has nothing to do with anything that I do in a rodeo arena. But what it's taught me is that if you have a bad shot, you don't go back and retee. You keep walking forward to your ball, and then you try to hit a better shot. And I, that's the same way. That's how I look at announcing: is if you miss something, or if I mess up, or I stumble, or whatever." Just keep moving forward. Don't look back. We're not going there. Move forward and just hit that much better of a shot the next time you get the opportunity. Yeah, I, I see that. My story's a little different because I can't look forward. I'm just trying to find my ball. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Right. Okay, moving on. <laughs> same, same question to Ryder. Has there ever been 
Ryder, has there ever been uh, a rodeo where you're like, this is this is not going well. The the horses aren't cooperating. My, my whip's not cracking. Man. <laughs> July. The month of July. In the month of July, this man is face planted off of his horse, caught himself on fire, and about broke his neck in the in the barrel. July and she is not, not exaggerating no, in the least. This is documented with video things. His, his that, that's a, actually Facebook viral is you coming out of your barrel and getting scorpioned out of Holy your barrel. Holy cow. Did you see the time where he stands up on his horse and he's doing his big loop and then he falls, his horse moves, jumps out from underneath him and he falls and catches his fall with his face? With his whole face. We didn't want to get his rope dirty. I no. get my hands out of the well, way. Well, the good news is his white pants didn't get dirty because his face hit first. His yeah. his white pants did, in fact, get dirty at the day yeah, I did laundry after on that. The they were quite dirty. Uh, on the inside. On the inside. We're taking the mic away from her. <laughs> his white pants were, in fact, dirty. <laughs> I didn't do my laundry. I don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, I've had a bad month this uh, this last month. Well, But it's never dampened your spirits. It's never. No. no in, it's, in your defense, people go to rodeos to see Rex. Well, they and, get their money's worth. At <laughs> any segment of the rodeo, they want to see a wreck. They want to see blood. But that's the that's the definition of a great entertainer is even though extra whenever yeah he literally whether he's caught himself on fire, or and no joke or face planted off of his horse one the. The reason he's in those situations is because he's going the extra mile for the audiences because he could play it safe and just do whatever, you know, he knows is going to work every single time. But then the definition of a great entertainer is when something does go crappy, uh, being able to smile and keep moving towards your, your next shot. You know what this crowd wants to see? Me break my back. Here we go. You personally? <laughs> no. How are we going to do that? What do you, uh, well, like how will we, how can we execute this? <laughs> it's not going to take much. I have a barrel. You can go out there and get in it. Maybe jump up on a milk crate. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like him getting into a bind in the barrel. Where was that at Ogden? Uh, Eagle. Eagle. No, John Harrison was doing Ogden. Okay. So in Eagle, Colorado, he was a, a bull rider was in a bind, so he's packing his barrel and he lifts his barrel up to get in there to be a safe haven and to possibly distract the bull. And then he gets throttled by the bull before he can get down in the barrel. And the entire weight of the barrel flips over onto him, onto his neck. The fact that he's alive, honest to goodness. What, 100 pounds, your barrel? No. Way more than 100 pounds. 82. Holy cow. Yeah, it's it a is, giant. It's, weight. it's a Maybe giant it's barrel. Heavy. Well, if you can pick, if you it, can pick it up, it pounds. has to be 80, 70 pounds. No, it's high. The metal alone's heavy. Or, is it metal or aluminum? It's aluminum, but the that's. With the padding, I bet it's. I, I would say it's a hundred. Either way, Maybe it all was on or his neck. Make I, I, know, I, was I like, would say it's at least four or five hundred pounds. Yes, like, it's at least seven hundred pounds. That, that could wait a lot. I, know, I got right, thinking yeah. about it. That is probably not that much, but it is. It's over a hundred. It's, it's not even that. If you were to f fall like that without the barrel landing on top of you, mm -hmm. that would be an injury waiting to happen. Yeah. But the fact that you get would then in turn get crushed but, by your barrel. Just so you know, people are here to see a show, so if it works out, that'd be great. <laughs> if we could uh, do it again, that'd be super cool. That would be nice. Definitely not going to happen. <laughs> I, I pray not. If you do do it, could you do you it just in said front of our logo? <laughs> <laughs> we want to be in that shot. Yeah. <laughs> Reset. Huh? No, uh, Bethany, has there been has there been ever a time where, where you're – Acts not going well. I guess Anthony just got his own podcast. I know. I like that. No, that's fine. Go ahead. What's the name of it? Is it Frank, Brad, and Anthony? Yes. FBA. Start with Anthony. If you put me in the middle, we could be the Fab. Just be Frank, Anthony, Brad, Baff. You're not going to lead this podcast. What sounds better than Fab? No, it doesn't. Fab. Fabulous. Thank you, Brad. Now you get it. When you know him. No, we're good. All right. So, Bethany, I'm sorry. Back to Anthony's questions, our co-host. What's up? <laughs> Thank you. What What was your rodeo experience you thought could have went better? Like, and eh, this isn't my best rodeo. Oh, gosh, all the time. I mean, I'm riding live animals. My whole, my whole performance depends upon a horse that I'm riding. And, I mean, not all the time, but there's times that they, they'll have a mess up. You know, they don't take the pattern the right way or they'll mess their pattern up. or You know, because essentially I just, I set my horse off. I let go of the reins and I say, go do your own thing. And I've got to hang off the side of him and 
there's times that he does not do the job I think he should do and I come out of the hearing and wish he'd done better or wish I'd done better. You know, I don't hit a trick right or whatever, but, you know, I agree with Anthony. There's never a time I come out and hate what I do. There's times I come out and, you know, no, we need to go in the practice pin the next morning and try to make it better for the next night. There's always something you want to do better. That's all. Yes. The oh, pursuit yeah. perfection, all three of you guys. Yeah. yeah. But that's rodeo is the most humbling sport. Oh my gosh, yeah. You can go from a hero to a zero so quickly. In an more instant. quickly. And I don't even know if any other sport even compares because in baseball, whether you're striking out or hitting homers, you're still getting paid. Right. Yeah. And yeah, we're still getting paid. But if we suck here, we're not going to get hired, hired for the though. next week. Yep. It's not like we have a yearly contract with, with uh, a certain rodeo or whatever it is or an organization. Yeah. We are hired, hired specifically as independent contractors. Yep. To each rodeo, and if we suck at one rodeo, the word gets round. Oh, well, and I always think as the entertainment too. You know, you expect yeah. a bronc rider to come and have a buck off, maybe, right? You yeah. Know, but we're supposed to be the guaranteed part of the show. Bingo. And so that's where I feel a lot of pressure. Where you don't want to have a lot of mess ups. You don't want to have a fall off. Yep. Because they're, you know, we're being paid to come and be the guaranteed part yep. of the show. That is that is spot on. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's funny that I've messed up three times last month. But the reason why I feel confident posting videos like that is because, I mean, you've seen me do that fire rope. How many times? Oh, you've seen me yeah. do the big loop. How many times? I, I can't mess up. If, if I did that every weekend, it, it would be, I want to get hired. And that is a hard part of it. It's like, it doesn't matter how nice of a guy you are. And sometimes the guys that don't get hired much, they're nice guys. And it's just like, you have to be able to deliver that same performance. It's a live show. You, yep. you can't get three takes. You can't edit it. Um, We're the designated suck, hitters every time. Yeah, We're expected I, to walk up to the plate and hit home runs every single time. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, so Anthony, when you're on the mic and brings you into writer's position, so this is something I've seen. I've seen you do it well, and I've seen guys not do it well. But when somebody's in a wreck, somebody's on fire or a cowboy's hurt, that's a tough position because you're trying to keep the crowd alive, keep the show going. But there's also a guy with his life on the line here, yeah. or a girl with his life on the line here, and you've got to try to keep the show moving. All right, well, we're going to move through this. That's yeah. got to be a tough spot, man. It It is and it isn't because in for what I do, I'm not – I don't claim to be the greatest rodeo announcer. I strive to be the greatest rodeo announcer, but there's something in me that deeply cares about our sport of rodeo. That's what drives me in those situations where to put myself in the position of rider, where if, if that were to happen, you know, where he's in a bind or he's in a wreck, it's my job then to be the calm in the storm, talk people through it, put their put them, the fan, in their perspective, in their said, hey, if the they only were reason. On fire. Yeah, absolutely. The only reason he's in that is because he continues to elevate and push the game and to push his what he does in trick roping and fire whips and everything that he does. The only reason he's on fire right now is because he wanted to give you fans everything he has. But that's an almost a natural reaction to me is, I don't want to say compassion because it makes me sound like a wimp, but being compassionate to the cowboy that doesn't shine like we expected him to. If Ryder gets into a bind or, or if Bethany's horse doesn't, you know, cuts the corner or something like that out of their control, but they're in those positions because they are swinging for the fences right. every time. It, right. And speaking of that, and you were talking about Bethany, and when I've seen you go around in your videos and and you get around that fence and you're going 40 mile an hour and you're on that fence side, I get so nervous that horse is going to put you in the fence. I mean, just like a saddle bronc rider, but uh, boy, it's got to be a hell of a hit. Has that happened to you before? You get off on the side, on the fence side, or do you always go to the arena side? Or uh, Most of my tricks are off on the uh, on the arena side. but For that reason? Yes. Uh You've hit your foot. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I came stuff. up and hit my foot on the fence. Or, you know, I think in a few performances ago, I did a vault where you jump off the side of the horse and jump back on. And I got too much air and I came back up and hit my foot. I mean, you know, we try yeah. to keep ourselves safe as we can, but things happen a lot. Or, you know, I'm, I've got, I'm physically strapped onto the horse. So things happen where if I don't do the trick right, then I could actually be getting drug, which has for sure happened before. You know, I'm not scared to fall off. I'm scared to get drug. Right. I'm scared to be getting drug, and my horse is trying to keep running, and he's not going to stop. Right. So, and I have been in that situation before, and, you know. And one of your stuff. tricks is literally called the Cossack drag. Yeah, we call it, so, I call it the suicide drag, yeah. Okay, the suicide like drag. The West shows where they drag him by the feet, and. Yeah. That's what, that's one of her perfected tricks is she yeah. literally drags from the horse in a controlled manner. Yeah. 
as much as you can control it. Yeah, like it's really not uncommon for her to come out. Like she is the toughest person I know. Like it's not like she is tough. She'll come out of the arena and like she'll be like, Oh, I'm bleeding now and like she'll have like not just like a little prick, like she is it's gushing yes. blood and like oh my gosh you need to do something like oh yeah then rub some dirt go sign autographs or something like she's she's tough um i mean she uh, i it wasn't even fourth of july we got booked oh, yeah. she she went to do the shoulder stand in practice like where it's basically like doing a handstand on a horse running around the arena horse cut in two um it was cold out fresh air horse bucked she landed on her neck and i mean that was in the morning she had five performances to do she was stiff she couldn't look around my wrecks have been on camera but she has a lot of wrecks where nobody sees it i think that's a big part is like a lot of times we have wrecks and trick riding especially that's where you don't see 90 percent of them 90 percent of her wrecks happen in the practice pen when she's you know what you see on the weekend it's her doing her best yeah. And, um, but she's had a lot of wrecks at the house and, uh, straps break and bad luck happens. So uh, Bethany, have you ever considered of giving your horse a safety word? Like graham cracker and it'll stop. <laughs> I, I hope they stop. They're not that broke, but that's the problem is, you know, a lot it's of not, horses. Holy shit. <laughs> stop now. Okay. Horse, listen up. If I say these words, you're going to stop immediately. <laughs> no, mine like to run. And that's the, you know, it's a double edged sword. You know, if you have a really broke horse and you happen to be sitting on it and fall off and you say, whoa, he's going to stop. You know, I've taught mine, no matter what I do, if I'm going under your belly, if I'm under your neck, if I'm hanging off the side, you keep running. So they don't know if it's a trick or if I'm falling off, you know, and they are trained to stop in a certain in a certain corner, but um, but you also go running. you do continuous. Yes, that's and one of the things that makes Bethany so good is her horses hauling butt. The period. Whole time. The whole time, like she'll stop them, but then she'll do continuous laps, which yeah. is something that a, f a handful of trick riders do nowadays. Hard, yeah. But the best do it because I mean it's again no catch your breath. Yep. It's your horses running Mach three forty around the arena. And you're continuing to perform on on their back, and that's what make that's what separates good trick riders from great trick riders is the speed of the horse. It also elevates the yeah. danger factor. Absolutely, yeah. You can do the. You know, I've I've been told by lots of my idols before. You know, um, you can do the easier tricks if you're on a really fast horse and it looks scary. You know, you can do the hardest trick you want, and if your horse is just slow loping around the arena, it doesn't look that impressive. Uh, Tad Griffith, one of the greatest trick riders of all time, he said. Um, he said, if you're just warming your horse up, he said, it should look, people should be scared for you just sitting in the saddle. And then you have to hang off of that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's right. so cool. So a uh, uh, trick rider, female trick rider as yourself, well, have you ever thought about doing some movies and things? Because there's a ton of Westerns. People are making Westerns all the time. Have you ever thought about doing any movie action, stunt riding, stuff like that? Oh, you know, I'd be happy to if I ever got the call to, you know, stunt ride. And I have friends that do it, so. Yeah, I would think that'd be a hot commodity because there's, I would assume there's not that many that talented trick riders like yourself that can do that type of thing under pressure and on demand. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it'd be something I'd love to do. Yeah, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah. There's a lot of trick riders that do, not a lot, but a handful that do. But it also cuts into if you're booked at a rodeo or a couple rodeos over if most movies film over two or three months. Mm -hmm. So if they need you for two or three months, it's right. not like Bethany right. can say, Hey Carson, sorry guys, I'm I'm filming an episode, a couple episodes of Yellowstone. Right. Not going to be able to make it. You guys are going to be like, okay, well we're going to get somebody who right. can. So yeah. that's where you almost have to, in my opinion. It seems right. like Frank, they know more about this than we do. It's 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 a weird deal. And uh, I heard once, I think it was uh, Conan O'Brien said that he loves watching horses on television because they don't know that they're acting. Yep. They're just doing what nor horses actually do. So when you see a, an old time movie where you know there's war horses that are stampeding over you know people obviously a lot of that's cgi but for a horse this is this is a real damn deal real life yeah for sure well frank i don't know are we do you guys have anything else you would like love to add to one more and we all go that america needs to know about Ryder, bethany anthony that uh, they need to get out or do you just want to get the hell out of here and be done with it? oh i'm enjoying the heck out of this i this could go fun. I'm having fun. I, we, that's what we're shooting for. We just want to be sitting here shooting the BS and yeah. having a good time. But no, we love talking to you guys and getting the story out because me as a farmer, I love getting blue collar jobs out, professions to these people in the real world, hoping a few people. We got seven listeners in Belgium. 
I don't That's know awesome. the names, wow. but they're there. Yeah. One in Guam. One in Guam. Yeah. Any other countries? I can look it up real quick. Right, we're going to be here all night. That's cool. <laughs> no, the one thing I will say is you. This is for that your podcast is for blue collar people. Right. Rodeo is the last blue collar sport alive. Plain and simple. There's no salaries. There's no guarantees. We're only as good as our last performance, and we're only going to be as great as our next performance. And to me, there's a purity in that because it's a performance-driven sport. Plain and simple. Yeah, we're guaranteed a check at every rodeo we go to. However, if we do not perform to an expected level, we do not get that check again. Right. And to me, that's one of the things, especially in the competition, my dad always asked me, he's like, why do you love team roping so much? I said, because it's pure. There's no politics. There's no BS. It's you against a steer and a clock. Plain and simple. Or you can and blame it on your partner. I yeah, was, he didn't catch. I would have caught totally, but it's but still, it's still, it. but it's still a pure sport. It's two, it's two cowboys, two horses, one steer coming together yep. with a specific goal, and it's the same thing. We, as performers and entertainers in rodeo, are a team. Yep. Right. If our show doesn't go good, it's not just my fault. It's not just Ryder's fault. It's a conglomerate. It's the committee. You know, we all come together with a goal, and we feel a responsibility to the people that hire us, who entrust us with the job of performing, announcing, and bringing a show to their audience because, yes, we might go to 40, 50 events a year for this community, for this rodeo. This is your one shot to make an impact on this community. And and we experience that. It's one of the most pressure-filled and rewarding jobs that you could ever have in your life. Yeah, no, I mean, it's something that after the rodeo you're laying there in bed and you're thinking about the whole performance what could I have done better what could I have done worse yep. like I mean oh, this went good this went bad and I think that's something it's not even that it's for a check or it's for even for you know the committee or the stock contractor who hires you it's for your peers you know like if I screw up and I, I make Anthony look bad I mean I, I have a lot going on that you know like if I make him look bad tomorrow then that's on me and I I hope I don't I hope I don't in the future or in the past like I will never let that happen I know <laughs> but like <laughs> you know Bethany I don't, I don't want her to look bad in in the barrel if I I, I remember and, and you say I could say whatever I want this so I'm gonna say this Robbie Hodges was the guy who signed for me in my barrel uh, card and the only thing he asked me he said I don't know what funny is so he said if you're funny great if you're not whatever he he said, but if you're a pussy in that barrel, he said, I'm not signing for you. He says, you got to promise me you're not going to be a pussy in that barrel. You got to, if you get one of my friends hurt, he says, that that's the worst thing. And like, honestly, I I had that road in my barrel is like right before I go out there and I, I work a barrel is I can't let somebody get hurt. Don't and pussy. don't, yeah, quit being a pussy. Q-bap. And like, um, Q-bap. Q-bap. And honestly, it's something that. It's, it's for him, it's for her, it's for the guys that I'm doing it with, is that it's a lot of pressure just to make sure there's a lot of danger, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of money up for stake. This is what we've done for a living, and I can't make somebody else look bad. I can't let somebody else get hurt because of my stupidity. It's a, well said. It's a, well yeah, said. Absolutely. And uh, my, my final question uh, is, is for you, Anthony. I think uh, how many times have you actually worked with Ryder and Bethany? So I've announced the act. I've announced riders for since I started announcing. Yeah. Um, I've worked with their act. We did it in Des Moines earlier this year at the world's toughest rodeo there, the Wells Fargo Arena, and then uh, we've done Last it some. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, Mitchell. Actually, I completely oh, forgot oh, about Mitchell. Monday. So a handful. Of, yeah, Monday. At, I was at that world's toughest event in Des Moines. Holy shit! It was cold. Because you flew in from Texas. Yes, it was And so it was cold. negative 15 when you got here. Stupid cold. We had to set that stage up outside. Oh, man, was it was cold. cold. All right, yeah. that's all I need. When I was know. walking from the airport to my hotel, so cold. And then from the hotel to the building, <laughs> froze my little giblets off. So my, my actual question, Anthony, is how difficult it is it going from weekend to weekend and then having to work with acts that you, you don't regularly work with? It's not that difficult because Ryder and I are very like-minded, and Bethany, I would say, where we all have the same goal. They give me a script of of how the act is going to go, and then it's on me to put my own flair and twist on it. And it's for as as an announcer coming from the specialty act world, 
I love specialty acts. Like when I get to work with Bobby Kerr, Tomas Garcilazo, like, because that's the, I can, and this sounds horrible. There's times that I can build up the greatest cowboys in professional rodeo, the world champions who I can say this guy's 10 times been to the national finals rodeo. Out of that, he's won three world titles, three NFR world championships, or three NFR aggregate championships, and he can buck off. It is comforting to know that when I introduce these guys and gals, that they are going to give every single thing they have to putting on a show. And so, if anything, it's the part of the show that I don't have to worry about. I just have to worry about me not screwing it up because I know that they're going to they're gonna hit it out of the park every time. Because that's the one thing I love watching about you is is all the different acts that you work with. It, it, it feels, if you're sitting in the stands, that you guys work together every weekend. And you know the ins and outs of every <laughs> damn thing that, that – Funny man is going to do, and you yeah. know every single trick that Bethany's going to pull. Yeah, it, but, and it's just like you do it with them all the time, and it's always super impressive to watch you work. Well, we've got you fooled, because <laughs> but that's honestly that's what y'all pay me for. Like that's what committees and, and contractors pay me for is to where it's a flawless show, and even if I'd never worked with them before, it's still my job. Again, like I said earlier, no matter what comes out of the gate, to try to make it great. Yeah, yeah. If it if it's a buck off or out of the shoot, whatever, yeah. rewrite, whatever it may be, it's got to be the best part of the night right then. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I will say two things. One thing on Anthony, he's his dad was the best at. He's been nominated top five act of the year just on his trick rope, and his dad's won uh, four times, three times, three times dress act of the year. Like I mean, he knows acts, he knows clowns. He's he's good on that. Another deal is, and like he said about rodeo, is like. It's something performance-based. you got to do good every weekend. But the guys who are like him were – how long have you been announcing? Eight years? Ten years. Ten years? Full-time two years because I did a lot of television. <laughs> okay. Uh, he tried to be a team roper for a while. But uh, no. He quit between did, here and Sydney I did some, miles. I did some TV for a little network called CBS for a while. So yeah. that slowed me down a little bit. Okay. He's been announcing for ten years. The reason why he has gone from never announcing ten years ago – now announcing the national finals breakaway and you know being one of the top announcers doing all the big rodeos and i mean all across the board is it's performance based that means that you have to put passion you have to put heart it doesn't matter who he has or who i have that weekend it's it's depending on if he has a bad clown that's the best clown he has that weekend if you have bad contestants yeah and The only <laughs> you're still on the radio <laughs> this year care. now. I'll I'm sorry, no. <laughs> I'll say it to his face. I don't care. But was, it's passion, you know. Difficult. Like it, it, you know, he has to deliver, and if he doesn't, he doesn't get hired back. And I think that's something is like I have to make the best out of any situation. He has to make the best out of any situation. It's it's a matter of not caring about the paycheck, caring about the event. Right, right. The fan experience. Right. Like, I love this, and I've conveyed it multiple times. I love this sport. I want everybody to love this sport as much as I do. Absolutely. And I think we have a privilege of carrying on something that, if we don't step up, could die. And that's our Western way of life. That's rodeo. And I know I'm, I'm talking like, you know, Matthew McConaughey, where it's like, you know, all about spirits and everything like that. But when it comes down to it, we love this way of life. It helps establish who we are as Americans and rodeo is America's original sport. And as cliche as it sounds, it's up to all of us to present it to the fans where not only do we pack your seats and where you guys all can come out even and, and bring something to the community, but where we can make a positive impact on every single fan where they walk out of here and go, wow, that was awesome. We're like, it's making their lives better. Absolutely. And not to get all tacky or hokey, but that's that's my job is I want the fans to have a genuinely amazing experience, no matter if we're in Mitchell, Nebraska on a Monday night last week yeah. or we're in Carson, Iowa or next week when I'm in Ventura, California. Like it's, you know, it's a sincere passion to make sure that the fan who spent their hard earned money to watch a rodeo, that they have the best time of their life. And they Boy. come back, you know, they bring their family back. They say it's not just about one time tickets, it's about 
making it a good experience that they continue to right. come and want support them come it. Get repeat customers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this. I grew up here working this rodeo with my dad, just working on the, with the committee and being part of it. And just really love it. But uh, I just love seeing the families come around when I was a kid growing up making memories. And I love seeing your family here making memories. And I said the same exact thing last week on this podcast. We were talking about it. But that's that's why we work so hard at it. Just because I love seeing everybody's families making memories and the smiles on their faces. And when this all gets kicked off tomorrow night and we're sitting up there and the stands are filling up. And it's it's all working. I can yeah. just sit back and say, hey, look, we had a part of this. Our, yep. our team did a great job. We've got great people here working this is great. Well, and I'll just, to be completely candid, and I'm not pandering to you, but I get inspired by rodeo committees because they're volunteering. They are literally spending hours, days, months, years preparing for this community-based rodeo to bring something to the community. You're not making a dime. No. If anything, you're losing money because it's taking you from what you do in right. your regular life, Frank, same way. Like, y'all are on this committee because you believe in what this rodeo brings to this community and to the people of this community. And so, like, for me, especially as the announcer, I am inspired by people like y'all who I see you. I mean, last night when I called you and we were having tire trouble and you're like, hey, we're just here putting lights in and hanging banners. It's like, this doesn't just happen overnight, a rodeo like no. this. No. And talk about blue collar. Like, you poor, I mean, if you were paid by the hour, for the I'd amount be upwards of 12 15 bucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I mean in all seriousness, I get inspired by committees because it's a volunteer group that comes together because they want to uplift a community through an event. Well, th thank you. Thank you. I I'm very proud to be part of this committee. Uh, we've got a hell of a team here and it's definitely Oh my gosh, I was rude. But we've got 100% percent We had a moment. It's staying in because it, it ruined the whole moment. <laughs> no, it didn't. It just made the moment more real. Flatulence. <laughs> well, all right. What else do we got left for one more? Go. I'm about to piss my pants. Hey, anything else, Anthony? No, I'm good. Ryder? Ryder, would you love to add anything? Bethany, you've been quiet over there for a while. Yeah, don't, don't leave us hanging. These guys bullshit. That's a giant hairy wiener dog you have on your lap. Uh, All right, we can edit out the dog part, right? <laughs> All right. Absolutely. <laughs> this is one more. And we Didn't all I was talking about the wiener in your lap. <laughs> it's a wiener dog. It's adorable. New episodes every Sunday. You can follow us on uh, Apple Podcast and uh, Spotify. And uh, don't forget, I think if you review the podcast and give us a rating, that helps uh, reach more listeners. So that would be helpful. Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs>